Dear songwriter, welcome to the episode. This is a trip down memory lane of sorts. Basically, in 2018, my band Dizzy Bats toured through Pennsylvania, went out to the Midwest, and then actually went down south, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And we had the opportunity to do a live session where we played, I think, three or four of our songs for what was then called The Basement, spelled B-A-S-S-M-E-N-T. This was in State College, Pennsylvania, which, if you are a touring act, do not sleep on State College, Pennsylvania. It is one of the great places to tour. Really welcoming community, but that's a podcast for another day. But anyways, we stopped through and did this live session before our show that evening. And we were asked a few questions about the band, obviously, as well as the tour that we were on. And it was a really fun experience. And shout out to Nate Hoover, who is one of the good ones, I would say. And uh, Nate, if you're listening to this, really do appreciate the opportunity. And appreciate the shout outs over the year. Appreciate the support, support, excuse me, over the years. And uh, so, yeah, bringing you this episode. So there's going to be some stuff cut out, including, you know, playing the full audio of the actual tracks. But I will include the links in the show notes if you want to see the visual of, of all of that and see me in 2018 with shorter hair that was more styled. You can definitely check that out. So yeah, this is from The Basement Sessions in 2018. Thanks so much for listening, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks so much again for tuning in, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome everybody back here again to The Basement. Today, in studio, we have Dizzy Bats. Hello. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Well. And Dizzy Bats today, driving all the way from New Jersey. And this is the first day of your guys' tour that you guys kicked off, right? Yeah, we have seven shows total, and this is, tonight will be show number one. All right, tonight at Thrill Street. Yeah, so Thrill Street's an awesome place. You guys are going to like it there. You guys played Thrill Street before. Yeah, this will be our third time at The Thrill. All right. You know, I wish you guys best of luck at that show. I would love to be there, but unfortunately, I have a show myself tonight. But... We got this studio session running right now, and I'm excited to hear you guys' music. You guys were warming up a little bit earlier today, and what I was hearing was awesome. It was tight. It was well-played. And building it up way too much. <laughs> Say what you will. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> Say what you will. I know when I hear something good. <laughs> so, at least to me, I We appreciate it. Thank you. I'm interested to know. So, Connor, you are the founding member of the band, and you've written all of these songs, correct? That is correct. So, With help from others, but the skeletons are mine. As, well, you're a solo artist, but as a touring act, finding individuals to help you along your journey, how does that translate to finding new ideas and getting to know different people for different tours and seeing how they do things and what they throw into the mix? How does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it's what's really cool is through doing this project, I've gotten to meet so many different musicians who, yeah, come from different backgrounds. And I think from a musical standpoint, maybe there's not a ton in the way of like co-writing or workshopping when we're on the road. But I think just meeting people who come from different backgrounds is definitely something that's inspiring to me. 
And I think I've learned a lot from musicians that I've been able to tour with. So I don't know if there's anything that's like deliberate or intentional, but I think just through meeting a lot of people, you know, you're inspired. Totally. I know for me, every project that I've ever been a part of, I've kind of been the primary source of creativity with writing and orchestration and trying to make things work. So it can be a challenge, but at the end of the day, it also it's a good feeling to know that you have a direct hand in the direction something is going, which is awesome. And having the help of other dedicated individuals really does increase that productivity from a touring level anyways, tenfold. So yeah. from what I can hear, these guys have definitely done their homework. <laughs> so, just out of curiosity, where did you meet these guys online? I mean, I think through just the touring musician network, you know, I was able to meet everyone. I mean, Paul did a tour together out west when Paul was with his band at the time, Matt Jaffe and the Distractions, we did a West Coast tour. So I met Paul then and he moved back east. So we reconnected. I met Zach through a friend and I met Nick yesterday because, you know, they're related, Paul and Nick. Yeah, um, you were, they were saying a little bit earlier today about the, the brothers over here. Nick yeah, brothers Paul. Paul Dino. Awesome. So, and you guys are actual brothers. That's kind of cool. When did you guys get into this game? Do you always come as like a tour package? You know, like a <laughs> yeah. tour package? Yeah, it's a contract. You guys should definitely have that as a, as a marketing strategy. Like, <laughs> hey, we're a complete package deal here. Like, you can't just have one or the other. Well, that's actually pretty cool that uh, you have some brothers on the team here. That's, that's awesome. You guys and your music, and well, Connor, I guess you and your music played by these guys sounds Really good. I'm I'm enjoying every bit of this. What I also enjoy listening to is Roots. How did you get into music? Where did it all start for you? What was the pinnacle moments in your either childhood or early adult years that kind of made you sit down and think, I want to be a musician? Where did that start for you? Both my parents are musicians. So I think growing up, just being around music, you know, there was no escaping it. From five years old, was playing piano, eventually made the transition to trumpet, picked up a guitar when I was like 10. I don't think I ever wanted to be a musician. In fact, I think I actively fought against doing it just internally. But I think it got to a point where it almost didn't feel like a choice. You know, this was something I had to pursue, it was something I needed to make happen. So after college, I made the decision to devote the majority of my time to this project. This particular project started seven years ago now, and we're still going. You know, it's interesting you bring up the college thing. I feel like a lot of musicians, not all, but a lot, start out in the college years. They're trying to figure out what they want to do, where they want to be. And honestly, a lot of them kind of view music at first as like a hobby. The overall consensus from everybody, as it seems to be nowadays, is that you can't make money doing music. And everyone's like, oh, you know, being a musician is a dead end, blah, blah, blah. You have to go to college and get a good six-figure job and bullshit like that. And when it comes down to it, you know, sometimes it's not about the money. It's not even about like doing what people expect you to do. It's about doing what you want to do. And for a lot of musicians out there, it just takes that conscious decision of sitting down and being like, I don't want to work at a desk. I don't want to go and be uh, this, that, or the other. I want to play music and I feel like I have a good shot at it. Did you ever have that moment where you sat down and doubted yourself or even thought, I don't know if I can make this work? And then just said, no, screw it, I'm doing it. Did that ever happen to you or no? I think there were a couple of times on tour where I had these really long drives, eight or nine hours. And, you know, especially in the beginning, I was touring solo a lot, solo acoustic and driving eight hours and then playing to two or three people. And I remember 
one time I was driving from Rhode Island to DC. This was like 2013. And that's a really long drive. I don't know how long, but it's really long. And just back to back, not great shows in terms of turnout. And that moment was very real for me where I had this, I don't know, moment of second guessing, I guess. Honestly, other than that, there haven't been too many times where I've doubted any of this. For me, it's just been like really fun. And I try not to think about the other noise, you know, the six figure stuff. I think if I listened to things like that, I would probably not be doing it. So I don't know. I think it's always just been really fun. And so as long as it's still fun, I'm going to keep doing it. I guess the overall point I'm trying to make is that it's not about what they try and tell you in like college and school and stuff. When it comes down to it, life is what you make of it. And yeah, this is what life is. Sometimes it's about going out, being creative, doing the long drives, spending the long nights on the road and then playing awesome shows. Touring, it seems like people who aren't musicians or don't do touring, all they ever see is the good moments on like, you know, <laughs> YouTube and stuff. It's one of those things where they don't see the behind the scenes stuff. They don't see all the work that goes into it and all the traveling and the long hours and the fights and everything else that goes behind it. But then they also don't understand that 10 years from now, when you look back at it all, and if you're still doing this, you move on to other things, no matter what you're doing, you look back at this and all you're going to remember is the good times and how much fun you had. And even the bad times, you're going to laugh about them. You're going to be like, that sucked when I was there, but it was awesome. So I believe that full heartedly. I think that you guys are going places, which is why we have you down here today. Just a quick question. I guess I'll ask all of you, what is the music scene like? Connor, I guess for you in New Jersey, correct? The band has always kind of been based out of New York City, actually. So that scene is we're more familiar with, but certainly we've played Jersey a bunch as well. How is New York scene? I think it's great. I think New York is kind of what you make of it. And I will say that, like, I'm very fortunate because I have a lot of friends and family in New York. So there's already this, like, built-in fan base. You know, I realize that people coming from other places trying to get their start in New York is definitely going to be tougher. So I I think over the years, we've met a lot of cool bands, a lot of cool musicians, people doing music that we've been able to create this awesome network. And over the years, we've started to like help each other out and play in each other's bands and play on the same shows. And I think you can kind of build a lot of sub scenes um, in New York. The scene as a whole, I can imagine, would seem daunting to anyone. New York is such a big place, too. Right. Right. And there's a lot going on. We were just driving through there last night, actually. I played a show at the Nutty Irishman in Long Island. And driving through the Bronx and Brooklyn and seeing Manhattan off the bridge and stuff, being able to see all that, just even all the roadways, all of the logistics and stuff that happened on a daily basis there was mind-boggling. <laughs> and to think that there's hidden places all throughout New York City, just knowing that there's that much stuff happening in all of those areas and like trying to wrap your head around what's going on where. I don't know how I would be able to move to a place like New York City and find these underground places and try and like make my way to starting something out there. But then again, I thought the same thing here in State College. And here I am today. I I know most of the major places and you know, I feel like I'm doing pretty well in this town. So That's awesome, though. New York City, big place, uh, big dreams there as well. And I hope you guys really do get into some cool places up there in New York. And hopefully you already have and will here in the near future. And, Paul, I wanted to ask you, uh, I guess you can answer for you and Nick as well, because you guys are brothers. 
the uh, music scene where you are from and how you got involved. Might as well give you a chance to answer, too. Yeah, sure. Well, so Nick and I are from the Bronx. So a lot of what Connor said applies to us. The Bronx itself doesn't have too much of a music scene at the moment. I mean, it's the birthplace of hip-hop, so it's got that going for it. There was a pretty well-known scene called the Bronx Underground there, which was like a big kind of post-hardcore. I mean, New York is definitely a tough market, and I think its two biggest problems are probably, and I might be talking out of my ass to some extent, but <laughs> I think the biggest problems are oversaturation because it's the largest city and there's so much to do. And the other problem, I think, is nostalgia. People would look at something like CBGBs and they want to continue going to shows there. It's obviously closed down now, but we're hanging on to these ideas that the places that were hip 30, 40 years ago are still hip. A lot of people aren't accepting that it's time to move on and find the new scenes and the new hip places to be in. Well, I'm personally not that familiar with them. I know that they're out there. There's a lot more underground stuff, and I think that's where the heart of the scene lies. Well, some of the biggest things you can do as a musician in your area is to create those scenes. Yeah. But anyways, rolling right into things, we've talked about just a little bit about where you're from, uh, what you're doing in the music scene, how the music scene is at this time, your upbringing. We went to the roots a little bit, talked about that. What's going to happen in the future? Where are you guys, or more relevant, Connor, where do you see things heading? And where would you like this to end up? Have you ever sat down and thought about that or had that internal monologue with yourself? Yeah, I definitely have. I think that's changed over the years. Honestly, I feel like I've experienced a lot of cool stuff over the years, like being able to tour both throughout the country as well as other countries. For me, I just want to keep making music. And, you know, in terms of like, I guess, concrete goals, one thing I want to do is work towards a third full-length record. And then in terms of touring, I definitely want to do Europe. Ideally, as a full band, I was in China earlier this year. Definitely trying to go back there because that was a really good time. So yeah, in terms of touring, definitely want to travel and see some other countries. That's awesome. I've never toured in Europe, but I have been to Europe. I lived there for two years. I lived in Germany. And you know, the music scene out there, it's surprisingly easy to get into. Comparatively speaking, you would think that something like that is untouchable, but it's really not. You know, I know when I was over there, American bands, it wouldn't matter what kind of bands you were, or it wouldn't matter your level of where you're at as a musician. You could be just starting out. You still have some things to learn, or you could be a total professional. They don't care. So if you do ever end up over there, you're going to love it. My first show that I ever went to in Germany actually was in Cologne, or Cologne as they call it. And it was Real Friends was headlining Modern Baseball and You Blew It. So uh, that was my first show in Germany. And it was actually pretty cool. It was my first time seeing Modern Baseball, too. I had no idea they were going to get big at that point because this is back in 2013. They were still on the climb, but, you know, they were known. So that was definitely a cool experience. But, hey, who knows? Maybe uh, someday in the future, someone over in Germany is going to read a little poster or a headline and be like, who's Dizzy Bats? <laughs> They're going to come watch you guys be like, yo. <laughs> That's kind of the long term then. What about some short term future plans? Anything that you can share with us or? Yeah, I mean, we're trying to get through this tour. That's like the first goal. What are the big stops on that tour, by the way? Doing Detroit, I guess that's considered a big stop. Uh, after Detroit. tomorrow, we're in um, Elyria, Ohio. Then we have a couple Michigan shows. Then we're back in Ohio to Columbus, Ohio. And then we're in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania and then Falston, Maryland, and then we're home. 
there's a belt stretching from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia mm-hmm. up towards Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that's like the zone, I guess. Great zone. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Your guys' tour sounds like so much fun. I wish that I could just like follow along with the cam- <laughs> camera and document the whole thing. But awesome to hear about that. Some long-term plans. Definitely cool to hear. I wish you guys best of luck in all of that. You guys have a show to head to over at Thrill Street. So I'm going to go ahead and let you guys out of here. So awesome. Thank you guys again so much. And with that, until next time.